Hello and welcome to East to West WLS, the podcast where we support the bariatric community with humor, humility, and honesty. I'm April and I'm the West. And I'm Jason and I'm the East. Today we are beyond excited to welcome Maddie to the podcast. Hi, Maddie. Hello. Thank you so much. We are so, so excited to be talking to you today. Uh, Jason is, of course, a cook extraordinaire. I am uh, becoming more comfortable with my relationship with food, and we so appreciate your Instagram feed and now your new website. You are the queen of converting all of our old favorite recipes into bariatric-friendly versions, and we are just beyond excited to have a really in-depth conversation with you about kind of the magic behind that. And of course, get to know you and, and learn your weight loss, weight loss surgery story more. So we are just so honored that, that you could join us today. We know that finding time out of your very busy professional schedule is hard to do. So just thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We, we, we so appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me. This is seriously the highlight of my day, of my week. I'm just so excited to be here. Boom. Oh my goodness. All right. So before we dive into it, I do want to let our listeners and our followers know that if listening to a podcast is not your favorite way to learn, we uh, record this in Zoom and then we send the, the video to our YouTube channel. So if you would like to watch us, and I encourage you do so because we are absolutely adorable and very animated when we talk, you can head to our YouTube channel. And all you need to do is, is head to YouTube and search East, the number two West underscore WLS. And this podcast and all of our uh, previous episodes will be available for you. Uh, so you can subscribe there and you will know as soon as videos, new videos drop. And there's just all kinds of content there for you, for you to watch if you would prefer to watch instead of, instead of listen. So, okay, now that my house, my, my, my house cleaning is done or my housekeeping is done, uh, Maddie, will you just take a moment and introduce yourself briefly to, to our listeners? Um, you know, wh where do you live? Uh, how old are you? What weight loss surgery procedure did you have? And why are you passionate about supporting the, the weight loss surgery community? Yes. First of all, thank you so much again. This seriously means so much. I have been looking forward to this. So I am 32 years old and I live in Akron, Ohio. Um, I had gastric bypass surgery in June of 2017. So I am um, almost exactly to the day, three and a half years out from surgery. Wow. So I lost um, 180 pounds. My starting weight was 338 pounds. And then my lowest weight was 158. But now I'm right about 165 pounds. That's like my happy weight. Um, and I recently had a post like about that, like finding my happy weight. And I'm like, I don't know if it's like the year of 2020 or whatever, but I kind of bounce around like with that 165, 168 is like my, just my happy weight. Um, so I started sharing my journey on Instagram about a year ago, and I always say it was kind of an accident, like how it happened a before and after. And I started, people just started asking me what I ate and I just started sharing recipes and, um, I did not love to cook before bariatric surgery. I used to eat appetizers in a box, potato skins, mozzarella sticks, anything fried was like my jam. Mm. Like drive-throughs. I even have a post on this. I swear I could like hook line the um, wrapper like in a garbage can on my way. To my <laughs> I was like, I have, I like had drive-through diaries that I like drove through every drive-through on my way to work. Um, but I decided like 
I knew that I needed a meal plan and needed to know how to meal prep after surgery to be successful, especially working 12 hour shifts as a nurse. I would go to the cafeteria, get French fries. And so I gave up fried food after surgery um, wow. and decided I needed to learn how to make stuff in the air fryer. And so I just decided to start learning how to make anything and everything bariatric friendly. And that is what I have done. And so I um, start sharing them with the world. And clearly it's a huge success because uh, you are, you are such a big influence on the weight loss surgery community. I see your recipes being shared all the time. We've started sharing them on the East to West Instagram page because they're just that amazing. And for me personally, what makes them so transformational is that they're so simple and these little tweaks that you suggest making is what turns it to maybe like what would be considered an old favorite into a new healthier version that we can enjoy and not worry about busting out of our macros or going down a, a you know, a, a not so great road when it comes to, to, to food items. And I think after surgery, it's so important to know that your relationship with food is going to change but it's okay to still find joy in what we do eat. If what we eat is nutritious and it fits within our macros and you have an amazing way of bringing all of those elements together to create these dishes that, that check all of the boxes that, that keep us moving forward in our, in our journey that are, that are on track, that are delicious and that are the same food that we were eating before, just just tweaked a little bit to, to, to be in line with, with our, with our new way of living. So, I mean, just, Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Well, and I know for, I know one of the things that resonated with me with the way that you do it is my, my wife is always on me. Once I was able to start eating food again, I was like, meat, meat's protein, meat it is, meat's protein. We're, we're going to go with the proteins make sure the proteins are hit. And then when I could start eating more, I'm like, well, that just means more meat. And she's like, no, man, you have to like have complete meals. You have to round out the backside, a little bit of meat and then other things. And I'm like, no, meat's good because um, I know that's what I can have. So I'm going to do that part. And then the rest of it, I'm not going to worry about. But finding your stuff, because I was so scared of everything else that was not meat because I know what to deal with when it's meat. I know, I, I know what I absolutely can't have. And then I know that there's things that I probably shouldn't have, but could probably do. And I'm like, but I know meat's not scary. So I just dive headlong into that. But finding your stuff has helped me to understand that there's other things I can start rounding out the backside of the meals with that will actually help me more than just shoving a bunch more meat in my mouth. So that helped me out tremendously. And I, I was super excited to get you on to talk more about that. So. Oh, good. Good. Awesome. All right, you guys. Well, I'm very excited to, to dive in. Are you guys ready? Yes, ma'am. All right, let's do this. All right, so Maddie, will you just tell us a little bit more about you? Um, you know, how, how did you get to where you are today? You know, what, what do you do as a professional? What, you know, how, how have you become the person that you are today? So I am, I actually, I am a registered nurse. I'm a part-time nurse. Um, I work as an inpatient hospice nurse. And so I had, um, when I had gastric bypass surgery, I was a full-time nurse and, um, about a year and a half ago, I was diagnosed with hemiplegic migraines and they mimic strokes. And so when I was off during that time, I didn't know if I was going to be able to go back to work as a nurse. They actually thought I, um, had a stroke. 
So I was off work for two months while they were trying to figure out what had happened. And I launched a blog, which started as a beauty and fashion blog, which I'm glad it didn't last as that because I'm like, I would have never made it. Um, <laughs> but I, my episodes got worse. And so when I launched that little blog, um, it was just a little like side thing. A few months later, I decided to go part-time as a nurse because my 12 hour shifts were just too long and my episodes were triggered by late shifts and stress at work. And um, so I went to three eight hour shifts instead. And then um, lo and behold, like I do my blog now as like a little side now full-time thing. And my part-time nurse job is my part-time job. Um, so those are my two different, two different little professional things that I have going on. Um, personal life, I live with my parents. Everybody always knows that because I show my mom and dad all that my dad mostly. My dad is my official taste tester, but he's a very bad taste tester because he loves everything. <laughs> <laughs> I could give him anything and he would love it. So he's not the best taste tester. Mm-hmm. Um, so I live with my parents. I have ever since I was born. I've never moved out, um, which everybody always thinks is so funny too. Um, I dated briefly, like after weight loss surgery and met some like amazing people and then insert 2020 and who wants to date a nurse during a pandemic? Like mm-hmm. nobody, because I have cooties, like, mm-hmm. so, and that's like, everybody always asks, like, are you dating? I'm like, not this year. Um, so I'm single. Um, and yeah, that is me in a nutshell. I love baseball. Baseball is one of my absolute favorite things ever. That was one of my decisions to have weight loss surgery, um, was I had a hard time fitting into a baseball stadium seat. So, um, that was like an aha moment for me. Oh my gosh. I would have never, when you said, you know, baseball had something to do with it, um, that was not where my brain went at all. But now that you've said that, I remember having to jam myself in, in the seats at Safeco or in the seats at, uh, at the clink here in Seattle. And that was not a pleasant experience. I mean, I remember having to sit like, you know, like this with your friends and trying not to like, you know, constantly roll over onto them. I used to dread going to the baseball stadium and now it's like, that is like my happy place. That is the first place that I will go when I'm able to. In 2021, I'm going to be doing the most at the, at the stadium. And, um, that was like my, the story of the stadium seat. I have like a whole post on it because I was like dreading going because I knew that people around me were going to be cramped Yeah, that it wasn't going to be fun for them or for me. Mm-hmm. And so I actually, this is so sad that I know this, but, um, in the club seats there, the seats are actually bigger. So I knew that I wanted to sit in club seats because the seats were bigger and they could fit mm-hmm. me better. So, um, and I knew too, it was painful to go to the stadium because it was such a long walk from, you know, the, where we parked to the, where we were sitting and mm-hmm. my favorite thing to do in the entire world, there was not as much joy in it. So, and that's, it, it's so heartbreaking when you come to the realization of just how much your weight is impacting your life and, and the joy in, in our lives. I think I worked really hard to 
maybe not pretend, but to like fight past those feelings and to just say, well, despite it, that's fine. I'm, I'm still doing these things in my life and I'm still accomplishing things and my weight doesn't matter. But it does because the world is not made for larger people. It, it, it's not designed for that. It doesn't cater to them. And I think it could be a real struggle because, you know, the body positivity movement is real and it is, it is meaningful. Uh, but at the same time, if you're not happy in your own skin, if you don't recognize your own body, or if you don't feel like you are fitting in to the world as you believe you should be, then something has to be done. You, you have to make a change. And weight loss surgery for all three of us and many of us is the tool that we were looking for uh, that, that allows us to live our lives at a healthy weight. And I so appreciate you talking about your happy weight, not your ideal weight, because so many of us go into this thinking like, oh, I'm going to weigh this much. Mm -hmm. And we might get there, but we were miserable and we're miserable living there and we were miserable getting down there. And our bodies are really going to tell us what's the right weight for us if we listen to them. And that can be hard because it's normally not a number that it's, it's not our goal weight. It, it's usually higher, but it's coming to, it's coming to peace with what our bodies want and, and how we are, you know, what feels normal for us to, to show up with or to show up in the world with. And it's so refreshing to hear you say like, I've been lower, but this is my happy weight. And this is where I strive to stay. And I think that's a message that, that people need to hear. They need to know that that's okay. And that's normal. And I think about that number all the time. Every time I get on the scale, I think about that number and it's just because I'm human. And I know that that was my lowest weight. And I know that if I exercised an hour and a half or two hours a day, I could get back down to that weight, but I don't want to do that every day. Like exactly. I'm busy and I'm tired. Yes. <laughs> and I'm yes. like, I don't want to exercise an hour and a half a day. I want to enjoy a cookie with the neighbor kids. And run outside with them. And I can still do that at 165 pounds. I don't need to lose seven more pounds. No. Plain and simple. Nope. And I don't want to be a prisoner to the treadmill. I move my body. I'm active. And I'm happy. Oh, my gosh. That, yeah, no, that, that resonated with me as well when you said that. Because so many people put a number where they're fascinated or just obsessed with a number. And they try and try and try. And then they get down on themselves. And then, you know, more often than not, you see people sliding the other way away from the number because they can't keep up with the pressure that they put on themselves, let alone them thinking, well, now I've told everybody this is the way I've got to get to. So now the pressure's on double because I'm pressuring myself. And now they're all expecting me to be down there. And then it's this and this. And there's some of those double-edged swords that come with sharing so much of your journey yeah. that, you know, you don't stop and think about people are going to cut you way more slack than you're going to cut yourself. Absolutely. Nobody's sitting there going, yeah, but you said you were going to get down to 140. What happened to that? Like two posts ago on last Tuesday, you said, and you can be like, yeah, guess what? I lied. Yep. Like, and I I purposely leave that down 180 pounds in my bio so that I can tell people I lost 180 pounds, but mm -hmm. because I have heard a lot of other people talk about this too now, and I'm really happy that it's being talked about because there's a lot of things in this community that we need to normalize because there's a lot of people that are, that are putting that pressure on themselves that your lowest weight is the weight you're supposed to stay at. Yeah, and no. It's okay if 
they want to and they want to try to, but for the people who don't know that it is normal to gain back 10 or possibly 15 pounds. Also, not to mention that I'm like, if I come out of this pandemic with just 15 pounds, I'm blessed. Like, <laughs> Man, and highly favored because yeah. there's a lot of people that people that'll get down to their gut and I've seen them, they get down to their goal weight and they're like, well, I'm battling regain. I'm up another eight pounds. And I'm like, but really not though. Your body's probably leveling out being like, you may want to be 150, but we're really a lot better at like 158. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm just finding my happy weight and my set point and living life, like living life at maintenance. Yes. So much of what you said, Jason, I always say this, it so resonates with us because to do what, to weigh a certain weight, you're really going to have to go above and beyond. And if you can't commit to that for the rest of your life, and if you're not going to be happy committing that to the rest of your life, then you're almost in the danger zone of going back in the opposite direction, right? So if you, if you just listen to your body, if you do what is, what feels right and that's sustainable for you, you're going to land at a low weight that you can maintain for the rest of your life. But if you are constantly battling that lower number, it's, it doesn't end well. That that's how people, that's where people get into the danger zone, right? Because then I'm, then I'm too, too low and I'm doing too much and I'm hyper-focusing on this. It's almost like you've transferred your addiction, you know, to food, your addiction or dependence to food, to, you know, exercise or, or something that you really can take in a bad direction. So I've done that before, like in high school where oh. I tons of running and trying to get ready and be a certain size for prom or what, you know, like, so mm-hmm. it can be really dangerous. It can be. And I, I did want to ask you about that. What is your, what is your weight story? Did, were, were you always a heavier person? Did it come on at a certain time or yeah. I mean, how, yeah. What, 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 what contributed to, to your larger weight? Um, I was actually the first time that I was considered overweight or obese. I was five. Um, so I was five years old and, um, my parents have both always been, I think that my dad definitely has the potential to be overweight if he did not exercise a ton. Um, and my dad is totally okay with me saying this. My dad's a recovering alcoholic. He's very active in the program of, um, of AA and, um, I I definitely have like an addictive personality. Like I'm always stocking up on stuff. My parents are always like, you buy in bulk. And I'm like, yeah, you guys weren't complaining when 2020 started and I had four deodorants, but, (laughs) um, but I buy everything in bulk. And so, um, but my mom is very small. And so I think I just, I, but I've always really been drawn to like the unhealthy food. If there was like five foods in front of me, I picked the highest fat, the highest carb, fried food, deep fried food. Like I love it. Pizza, anything deep fried is my jam. Um, so that was just like a trigger food for me. Um, so all through, I tried Adkins. I, ta- I tried Weight Watchers, Jenny Craig, hypnotism. The last thing that I actually tried was... Um, I was on Phentermine and then in conjunction with Phentermine, I was on Victoza and Sexenda, the injections. I was never diabetic and I never had any health problems related to my weight, but they did try me on the injections, which made me so sick. 
And then when I couldn't fit into the stadium seat, it was the year that the in the Cleveland Indians were in the playoffs and we went to a playoff game and I just had this realization, like, I can't do this anymore. I can barely walk. I'm working 12 hour shifts as a nurse, my feet, I'm the whole next day, my feet are throbbing. And I made an appointment with a bariatric surgeon for a consultation. And I prayed and prayed and prayed about it. And I talked to a few friends, just like told them, you know, what I was thinking and talked to my family and everyone was so supportive of my decision. And that was in October of 2016. And then I had the surgery in June. So I've always battled with my weight, but I would do, you know, crazy crash diets, diet pills. Um, Even I landed in the hospital in high school um, from starvation and dehydration. Um, uh, I lost like 70 pounds in high school from running and just like starving myself, like just crazy crash diets, yo-yo weight up and down my whole life. I would do anything to lose weight and then I would regain all of it plus more. Well, it's such an exhausting cycle. And I think a lot of us get tricked into thinking that as long as we're trying something or doing something or we're, we're participating in sports, we're a good fat person. We're not a bad fat person, right? Because we, we know that we're carrying some extra weight, but, but look at all the things that I'm doing to, you know, to, to, to not be this way. But I think the piece that was always missing is that we were always equally dependent on, on, on food in many different capacities to help us get through the bad times. So even though we were trying really hard over here, this wasn't actually giving us what we needed, which was working on our dependence or our addiction to food, right? And food, as we were just talking about um, earlier in an earlier episode, it's not the food of the 1800s or it's not the food of the 1900s. It's genetically engineered to be the most addictive substance on earth. Sugar is a thousand times more addictive than heroin. It's the most refined product in the world. I think I say this now like every podcast episode because it just, people need to know that you know, we, we, we offer all this help and all this support to people who are addicted to drugs or alcohol or shopping or porn or gambling, right? There's all this support, but when it comes to food, well, how could you be addicted to food? You, you, you need food to survive. You just need to eat less, but it's the exact same thing. It's, it's engineered to be the most addictive substance on the world in the world. And as soon as our brains make that connection between I'm suffering, how do I get out of suffering? And it's food. It's, you're, you're a goner. I mean, no matter what you do, Jenny Craig, Weight Watchers, Atkins, pills, all that kind of stuff, it, 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 it does not combat what the actual issue is. And it's, it, it's frustrating to know that this is how this is dealt with in our society. Uh, you know, uh, the upside is that there's people like us that are publicly saying we, we access this medical tool to live our lives at a healthy weight. There's nothing wrong with doing it. And here's how we have Here's how we've used this tool to, to live our lives in a healthy way. I've never yet met somebody who was open and honest about their bariatric experience that doesn't say the mental health side of it is the number one. That's, that's the tool, right? That's where the work is. It's great that you have this physical tool that you can use, but that's secondary to all of the mental work that goes into, you know, understanding and rewiring our brains to not be dependent or addicted on food. Well, and it's like, you know, one of the things, Maddie, you said that you've always been addicted to the, the, the worst types of food or you've been drawn to those foods. I, I've always been the same way, the highest fat, the fried, whatever it is. 
And, you know, the, the addiction side of it, when people are like, you know, well, the only thing you need to worry about is pushing yourself away from the table or putting the fork down or what, you know, those are your exercises you need to do. Like, and the thing about it is it's like, people don't get it. Like I love pizza, but I love meat pizza. I love pepperoni sauce, like all the meat pizza, whatever. If it's got the, all the vegetables stuff like Supreme and all that, keep it away. I don't care about any of that until the meat's gone. If the meat's gone and there's still any of the other stuff left, I don't care what's on it. If that's all there is left, I'm going for that next. I'm going to may flick off the stuff I don't want to eat that's on it, Yeah. but I'm still going to eat that shit, even though it was on there. And the thing about that is, it's like most people that are, that, that are not addictive aren't going to do that. They're going to be like, oh, well, I don't like that pizza. So it's no big deal. Mm -hmm. I'll sit there and just be like fixated on the box. Like, oh, I know there's pizza in there but I need that pizza over here. Like I, I need to have what's left in there and I'll go two or three times and go check what's there until all of that stuff's gone. So that's the, the correlation that people have a hard time understanding that it's not just the fact that, oh, well, you know, the stuff that I want to eat has gone, so I'm good. If there's still an abundance of food left or stuff that you can pick at, even if it's stuff you don't like, you're more than likely going to go over there and start messing with it just because it's there and it's available. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, you save your mind until it's gone. Like, I think I wrote a post on that at one time that like I used to have to like physically destroy food before mm -hmm. I threw it in the trash can because I ate food out of a trash can, like in a box out of it that was in a to-go box. Like, right, because it's in the box. It's clean. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. Yep. Well, and uh, you just can't explain that to people until you're on, I think, this side of weight loss surgery because it's just not rational. It doesn't make sense. But addiction does make sense. That's why humans are, are wired to kind of, right? We're, we're wired to go A to B in the quickest route. And our quickest way out of suffering is whatever we have associated with that, with that release. You know, you, you, it, it would be like going to a heroin addict and saying, well, you can only have half a dose of heroin. That's it. No, that, that's not how that works, right? It's like, an, or an alcoholic, you can have half a drink. And then that's it. That's not how, that's not how it works. And for some reason, society has not recognized food addiction, food dependence, the way that it recognizes these, these other things that humans can, can be dependent on. Uh, but thankfully we found a tool that helps us, right. Give, gives us a little leg up against, against our food battles. Uh, and clearly you have been very successful in that you have maintained your weight for two and a half to three, three years now, or a little bit longer. So what are, what are some of your keys to, yeah, to, to, to maintaining your weight? What have you found really helps you? One of the number one things is that, and I shared this recently too, is that once I wrap my mind around this, I felt so at ease that food is not going anywhere. So like, I will always think of this when I'm eating anything whether it's, you know, like sometimes I'll have a treat meal or whatever with my friends at work and we'll get like a calzone, I don't know, whatever it is. And I'll think that place is open seven days a week. I can order that next week if I really want it. I can't give this to the starving children. They're not here next to me. It's not going anywhere. It's not going to get up and grow legs and walk away. It's going to be available to me. So I don't need to eat another bite. Once I like wrap my, I can go tomorrow and buy the Doritos or whatever food it is. Mm -hmm. Like I don't need to overeat it. 
I can go back to Target and buy another bag tomorrow. And like, I don't know why that just gave me like a lot of like peace that I can like have it anytime I want. And a lot of times too, I think like, you know, it's just very accessible. And there's, that has been like, just very much put my mind at ease a lot because I had a lot of anxiety around food. I was also someone too, that right after surgery, like I was very scared to like you, Jason, I was like, I'm only going to eat meat. I'm not going to eat carbs. I'm too scared to mess this up because this is my one shot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like I only have one shot to do this. And so I, you know, once I started adding things back in, that was when I had like a four month stall. And once I started adding in a few like carbs and stuff, my stall broke, (laughs) which was kind of crazy. Um, But I think too, realizing that this is like, I'm in this for like the long haul and realizing like this has to be maintainable and I can't live on, you know, just egg whites and spinach, you know, making it and adding other things into my recipes that are family friendly that I can make for my entire family. Um, But Oh, it's so hard to even think of like just the whole journey. It seems like I've, it seems like I've been doing this forever, but then it seems like it's, you know what I mean? Right. We, we were, we were just having this conversation earlier. You, I think, you know, we, we reach a point in our recovery and we think like, okay, like things are normal and then something else shifts or we learn something new or a new piece kind of like falls into place. And then it's almost like we're starting over again, but every time we learn something new, we're just growing a little bit larger. We're, you know, in, in our understanding and, and, and growing in our capacity to live our lives forever at a healthy weight, right? Like for me, I lived in an unhealthy weight for 30 something years. That's not going to magically just turn the the moment I wake up from surgery or a year after surgery or two years after surgery. It's been so helpful for us to talk to people who are five, six, seven, eight, 10, 15 years out of their procedure. And they're talking about the exact same thing that I'm worried about because they're still doing it. They're still living it. But it's nice to know that, okay, my, my fears are founded or my worries are founded, but I have tools and people and resources out there that can help me overcome these, these moments of, oh, right. Oh, I, I just don't, I just don't know what to do. It's what makes the community, I think, so powerful is that finally people are kind of like coming out of the shadows and saying, no, no, I had it done. This is how I was successful and you can do it too. Because as you so beautifully said, there really is a lot of um, fear and anxiety around eating the wrong thing after surgery. I just went through this huge thing. I don't want to mess it up, but I messed it up before because I ate all the things that I'm still wanting to eat. I mean, you're just like panicked almost about it. There's been a lot of ruts this year at the beginning of, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, it was, do I order groceries? And then when I first ordered groceries, you know, they wanted to swap out a lot of things and that was just not okay with me because I need certain things to cook. And then um, it got to a point where, you know, with wearing my N95 and stuff, there wasn't a lot of time for me to heat up meals. So I started doing the protein boxes where I would have hard boiled eggs and different things. And then it got to a point um, just last week Um, We have a kitchen at work at the inpatient hospice um, facility that I work at and our staff fridge is in the back. And so I started putting my lunch in the kitchen in the front because that's where I walk by most. And that's where I'm able to take my breaks because we're not allowed to be near each other when we take off our masks because of Mm. the virus. 
So it's almost been like, I have to find kind of how I can, like if I walk by the, um, the kitchen in the front, there's cookies there. And it was very easy for me just to grab a cookie when I'm very busy. So it's been really hard to navigate this year, how for me to easily have access to my things with the refrigerator and the, you know, it's just been so hard and groceries and just having access to, you know, and I'm really fortunate that I haven't lost my job and I've had access to, you know, money to purchase my food. You know, there's people in our community who haven't had a job and mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of things that have went into this year that, you know, besides just COVID that have been, you know, really devastating to a lot of people. But at the beginning of all of this, I said, you know, even if I don't have time to exercise, I have to meal prep and I have to, that is the one thing. So I need my groceries. I can't have them swapping out, you know, certain things for different. So I have to go to the grocery store. So I do still go to the grocery store. I try and go only twice a month because I don't want to be around that many people mostly for the safety of them too, because like me being around so many, like so many patients, mm-hmm. it's just been kind of like, I have to navigate that too. So that's been a little bit difficult, but we're making it. Yeah. I, I, I told April that I, I've had to kind of adjust that myself because I got into a little uh, issue where I was going to the store to pick up some things and I started buying like crackers and cheeses and stuff because I'm horrible with that. I will, I will go to town. Yeah. And my wife was laughing at me because I'm talking about how I can't eat rice or noodles because she'll talk about cooking something. And I'm like, that has rice in it. I can't eat rice. So no, I'm not going to eat those noodles. Are you crazy? And she's like, what are those crackers? And I'm like, I mean, well, yeah, but that's not noodles. Like, that's not rice. Like, rice are like carbs, carbs. These are different. Like, these are crackers. <laughs> and it's only a little bowl, and it's only kind of a bowl, and it's all, you know, and she's just looking at me like, right, keep telling yourself that. Like, I'm going to make this with this rice. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to eat it. And she's like, so don't eat it. And I'm like, fine, I won't. I'll just eat my chicken. And she's like, okay. <laughs> it's been, like, a really hard year. And, like, there are some times where they'll order us dinner, and I will just have some. And then there's some other times where I'm like, I ate that the other night and I didn't feel good after. So I'm going to eat the lunch I've had. Like, and that's the biggest thing is moderation. And that is what I have found with this year has been moderation. And that is, sometimes I don't like that word because it's like, I feel like us as bariatric patients aren't very good at that word. No, we're really really not. We're trying. I feel like if I knew moderation, I wouldn't have gotten this boat in the first place. (laughs) But, but with our tool, we're able to better understand and be able to utilize moderation because of our tool. Yes, definitely. Well, and your, your recipes really, to me, speak to how, well, how, how you really have kind of mastered moderation because these are, you know, these are recipes from meals that we used to enjoy before surgery. And you have found a way to make them fit within our, with our new macros, right? Fit, fit within our, our new life. So in, in a way to me, that is moderation, right? It's not saying like, well, the, the, not all things from our past were bad, but we do need to make changes going forward if we want to find success. And 
moderation is how people who don't have a problem with weight live. People who, you know, people who, who are, you know, appear to be a healthy weight, they're having a cookie every now and then, they're enjoying a candy bar or they're having some Doritos, they're having pizza or alcoholic beverages. They just do so in moderation. So in a way that, that, that is normal, that is what we aspire to. And your recipes, your creativeness in the kitchen is what helps us learn that. It's, it's a, it's just another tool in our toolbox. And there are certain things I keep on hand all the time, like all the time in my kitchen, I do not get low on them. So, yeah. So that, that's really what we were excited to talk to you about today. So how, what do you do in the kitchen to, to, to create these meals or what do you always have on hand? What, what is your go-to when, when something, a craving strikes and you think, okay, I, I don't want to do that, but I can do this. Yeah. There's just like, what, what are all your, your tools and your tips and tricks? So what I always have on hand for wraps are the, are low carb wraps, the ones that have the high, the higher fiber, the mission carb balance, or you, they have the all D ones um, that you can find. They also have those little street taco ones that are um, the whole wheat street taco ones are my favorite for wraps. Mm -hmm. Um, They are starting now to make for bread, as far as bread, um, they're starting to make keto bread at different places, Costco, Aldi, and I'm trying to find some other places. I'm going to try and get together a big blog post on all of this type of stuff and different retailers across the U.S., that would be awesome. Yes. yes. Cause co- co- my Costco was selling the, the fronds, the keto bread. Yes. Is that what you, yeah. And it's perfect. I mean, it's a great yeah, substitute. So if fun. you just want a sandwich. Yeah. Are amazing. Yeah. And so I'm trying to get together a list of different things and get together like a big blog post, um, just so that the community can have it all together for wherever. Cause it's so hard with like Kroger, Fred, my, and like, I'm not super familiar with all of those with Ohio as far as um, sugar substitutes, people can use pretty much anything. I love Splenda. Some people don't love Splenda. I like Splenda, Stevia, anything that you like. They also have that one brand that has the brown sugar and the... Oh, yes. What is that brand? I know what you're talking about. Yeah, they have a brown sugar substitute. Yeah, and a confectioner sugar. I always uh, like- Is it Swerve? Is that what it's called? Swerve or... Yeah. yeah amazing. Um, so I always have that kind of stuff on hand for swapping out any type of sugar carb quick, which is like my favorite. Dude, you posted about that the other day. I had never heard of it. And I was like, what is this? That is just, cause it's I, in so many of your recipes. It is. And it's like nobody it's fiber. And I've had dietitians and nutritionists, um, look it over. It is a carbolose fiber and I have a box for each of you guys to send you guys. So I'll mail it Thank to you. you. Oh my Thank gosh. Three pounds. I miss pancakes. I'm the fierce. I know that. I, I know. That. I took a- gravy you can make with this. I have a recipe for that. So on the oh. inside of the box is a bunch. And then I have a website um, with tons of recipes that you guys can make a bunch. Pizza crust. Because I have two, uh, I have my granddaughters live with me. They're two and four, and they are forever asking Pop Pop to make them pancakes. And I have to make hundreds and hundreds of pancakes and just watch them eat them. And I'm like, I found this like two years ago. I randomly stumbled upon it and I love it. And I like can't find like an Instagram for them or anything. Wow. Ooh, I'm going to have to think- do more deep diving because. 
but I have you guys some because it is good and everybody has to try it. I love it. Oh, my favorite. They have a cheddar cheese biscuit recipe. I have a recipe for that. And it's like red lobster cheddar bay biscuits. So easy. It's like four or five ingredients. Oh my God. Like it. Well, and the, the, the other thing that is so amazing about your recipe, so I have your website pulled up. Uh, everybody needs to check out our website. It's uh, foodfitnessbeauty.com. And I'm just on the recipe section. What I so appreciate about your recipes is that they're basically one pagers. It's not heavy on the, the, on the ingredients. It's not heavy on like crazy stuff. And it's very simple. And yet it's delicious. It's such nutritious and delicious food. And there I'm, I, I, so when I had like my graphic designers make it, I didn't want them to be heavy on the ink. You can download it so you don't have to print it. And just so it saves to your phone or your computer. And then there's a little area for you to write notes. Like if it was too salty, too sweet, if you want to substitute stuff. Um, so it's just really user-friendly and just, I just want it to be easy for you guys to use. And yeah, I'm just, it was like, it was just what my heart, wanted to create in 2020 like it's just it was oh I could just it it's like I keep looking at it and I cannot believe that it is like my little space and it is just the biggest like labor of love that I am so happy to spread with the world I have someone who messaged me and said like I told my daughter we're making a Maddie recipe tonight and I was like oh my gosh like it's just like that makes my heart so happy because I love to cook And I love to share, like, there's nothing that makes me happier than somebody saying like, we ate one of your meals tonight and it like tasted so good because I love it. Like, it's just, I love to cook. So, and I want it to be like good for the family. I take food over to my neighbors all the time. Like my, the little, the little neighbor kids and they even like most of it and they're picky little things. Well, yeah. Looking at these recipes, I mean, cheeseburger soup, zucchini bites, uh, no, but no bake protein bars, pizza chaffles, mini chicken pot pie bites. Yeah, I mean, they're just like easy, and they're honestly like I made all of them up like myself. And I start; those are ones that I've made up since I had surgery, and um, they're just like stuff that I just, just, just like home cooked kind of meals that I just yes share. Well, now so, you're going to be part of the lexicon with Maddie meals. It's going to be the thing. You know, so everybody's going to be like, hey, I had a Maddie meal and it was amazing. Like, that's so awesome. I just like, I just love to cook. And so this, and then I always keep on hand to almond flour and coconut flour. I get like, I try and find it. I feel like the most reasonable place to get it is Walmart or Amazon, anywhere that they have. But sometimes those can be very overpriced. I'm also the biggest bargain shopper. Well, you have to be, I mean, there's no, you working hard for that money. Why would you want to give it away for free? No, yes. I try and be the absolute biggest bargain shopper. So I try not to have a lot of, you'll notice in my recipes, I try not to have a lot of special, like specialty ingredients. Carb quick is one of those specialty ingredients that is like, you know, one of like the, I'm not very like bougie with my recipe. <laughs> you don't have to go to Whole Foods. You can go to Aldi or Walmart and get the ingredients. That's fantastic, because I got an Aldi down the street, and I go the other way, I go to Publix, because Publix loves me, and so sometimes when I want the, when I need the specialty stuff, I can go to Publix if I have to. Yes, like sugar-free relish is one of, like, have you guys Mm. had sugar-free relish with the Splenda? Uh -uh. (gasps) You can make tartar sauce with it. That is my jam. 
Mm-hmm. So okay. they have it at Publix because I had someone message me and I looked up the brand they had at Publix. So it's made with Splenda and you can mix it with light mayo. So like, I just think of like all these different ways. You could also take regular relish and you could put Splenda in it and mix with light mayo and make like a baked cod and have like fish with tartar sauce. Like nice. If you guys yeah. have any recipes or have one, just message me and I will tear it apart for you. Yes. It's, it is amazing because what, again, I keep saying this, I'm sorry, but what makes this so powerful or what, what makes what you're doing so amazing is that no matter where you are in the United States or where you're at in the world, and no matter, you know, whatever your access is to food, right? Food security is an issue. Uh, You know, the cost of food, all that, all that type of thing plays into, it really does plays into our success after bariatric surgery. And if we have go-to recipes that are affordable and available anywhere, no matter where we live, we have, excuse my pun, a recipe for success because not only is the food that you're eating affordable and accessible, it's nutritious, it fits within your macros, Everybody in your family is going to enjoy it. Everybody can eat the same thing. And it's a common place for us to come together as a family or as a community, because food is a part of the human experience. We, we, can't, we can't take it out. I, I got to a very dark place a couple months after surgery. I swore off food. I said, F it, I'm done. I, I'm going to live off protein shakes. I, I don't need this because it was so frustrating and it brought up so much anxiety. But a huge part of my identity is entertaining and being social. And that involves food. I love to, I, you know, I love to entertain. I love to set a beautiful table. So I had to come up with a way to create or to restore a healthy relationship with food. And my gateway was a woman named Terry Turter. She, she founded No Crumbs Left, but her philosophy is very, very similar to yours. It's marvelous. It's everyday food made marvelous. And just by these little tools, these little tweaks, these little things that I didn't know exist, this, the, the, the chemistry of food comes together and creates this amazing dining experience that transcends the, the act of eating right? It's connecting to family. It's connecting to friends. It's feeding my body and feeling my body being thankful for the nutrition that I'm giving it. Because before surgery, food was pleasure. Food was numbing out. Food was a drug. And I really didn't care if it tasted outside of a certain flavor profile. I'm just, I'm just consuming this because I need some relief. But now that's not the case at all. Now I'm actually enjoying food because of how it uh, of how it tastes and the nutrition and, and the texture and the, the smell and the, the chemistry. There's so much more that goes into it than just the act of eating. And your recipes bring all of those things together beautifully. I think too, a lot of times people think that they need all of like the fancy brand name things to succeed. And um, it's, you know, you really don't you can get some canned vegetables and some, honestly, some canned chicken and mix it together and have a protein filled meal. Like, and that's really super important right now at a time when so many families are struggling. And that's why I always tell people if they're having trouble with, you know, coming up with meals and if they're struggling with money and they need to come up with a way to come up with affordable meals to message me and tell me kind of what their budget is and the things that they like. And I can kind of help them come up with some ways that they can access things, you know, that because you don't need a $3 protein bar 
and you don't need, like, you do not need that kind of stuff. Those are nice to grab and go. I honestly, my favorite protein bars, the nature Valley, you can get a box mm. three bucks for five or six of them. I get them at like target or giant Eagle and they have like, they're, they're decent. They're 10 grams of protein. I keep those in my locker cause I'm a bargain shopper, but I mean, there's, there's so many things and it's nice to treat yourself if you're able to, but there's right now, there's a lot of people who need really affordable options. Yes. And the other thing that's important, which, which you were kind of alluding to, it's, it's nice to have these grab and go options when we are, when we're in a rush or when we're short on time. But I always think of those options as that's not real food. I mean, it is food, but it's processed and we're not going to get the same nutritional bang for our buck by always going to the processed food. So I think to have a really balanced you know, recovery and a, and a balanced nutritional profile after surgery, you really need to access both options. You need whole ingredient, real food cooking and leftovers and meals. And then you do need those grab and go, go quick options because in the moment, if we are, if we're needing something and we're panicked, if we have those grab and go options, we're going to do that instead of the drive-through. We're going to do that instead of stopping by the convenience store. And the more times that we can make the, the healthier choice, the more that just becomes our habit and, and the further along in our recovery, we can, we can go. Yeah. So what do you do when, 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 when you need, you're, you're, you're dying for some comfort food and you want it to be aligned to, to, to your bariatric needs? What do you do? What's your process for taking uh, an old favorite recipe and converting it to a bariatrically friendly one? Oh my goodness. So what I will do is I will grab a recipe. A lot of times too, I feel like I'll combine like multiple of them. Like sometimes I'll look on Pinterest and I'll see like, as far as like, deviled eggs or a devil I've been on an egg kick I feel like the eggs like perfect food that's a perfect food that is so reasonable you can throw it boil them um but I'll kind of look around and see and if you'll notice a lot of my recipes instead of having like a quarter teaspoon or a quarter, they're all like half one 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 they're super like basic leveled off like one 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 Mm -hmm. So I will look, oh, I have one. That's what I did with the apple crisp oh, on there. We shared that. We shared that recipe on our feed the other day because it's so simple and it looks so good. So I looked and I just thought like what I asked my mom, my mom is a great cook. And she, when we were little growing up, we grew up very poor and we had to, she said sometimes she would go to the store with five or $10 for the entire week for our dinners and our lunches. And so she said like, we lived on tuna noodle casserole and macaroni and cheese. And so I, and we ate a lot of apple crisp. So I said, mom, how did you make it? And she said, you know, butter. And so I said like, so I'm thinking in my head, like, okay, I would need brown sugar. I would need oats. I would need butter and apple. So I'm like, well, I have that swerve brown sugar. So I just am always thinking what I could do to like substitute. And so instead of using, I also think too, if I'm going to use something that's really fattening in a recipe, like I'm going to make it really low sugar, or if I'm going to use something that is, has a little bit of sugar, like apples, I'm going to use something that's maybe that has like regular sugar. I'm going to, or natural sugar. I'm going to use maybe a little bit lower fat of something. I don't know where I got that idea, but I'm like, just so it's not higher fat and higher natural sugar. Or I'm just going to have a smaller amount because it's, it's filling. Like I yes. can see a little bit of that. And again, it's your magic word. It's moderation. 
Yes. It's just moderation. And sometimes that's just a really nice treat. I can usually eat like about a half a cup of that and I'll take it to work for like a nice little, nice little treat or whatever. And sometimes that's great with, um, cool whip. Mm. Yes. It's like a dessert. And especially with this recipe. So yeah, I just pulled it up on your website. It's three apples, a half a stick of butter, a half a cup of swerve, brown sugar, and one cup of oats, right? And oats are oats are nutritious. Apples are great. Butter, okay. That's not a huge amount of butter at all, considering you know what what it's making. And then the the brown sugar. And what I really appreciate about a recipe like this is that if I want, if I was serving this, let's say at, at a dinner party, or if I was making it for my husband and I, I could easily prepare this in a in a single serve ramekin. And then I have my own private dessert that's just built for me. And I don't need to worry about eating too much or too less because I've, I've served myself up. And what a wonderful way to present it as well. I mean, not only is it going to smell delicious, but it's going to look beautiful in my own little personal, you know, serveware. So, so, so smart. And I don't know if I put in the notes there, but I like to leave the skins on mine for like fiber on the apples. And I like the crunch of it, but I did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so there's like just different ways that, I, and I tried it like a couple, sometimes I will try it before I share it. And sometimes I will just cook right along with you and be like, that was a fail. <laughs> like the well, I mean, that's, that's part of that though. You got, if, if you're going to put recipes and things out there and, and attempts out there to do things like that, you've got to share in the fails as well as the successes. And that, I think that that's what kind of helps people resonate with what you do. The funniest was I made those cheese square crackers and they all melted together. And I was like, well, this was a big fail. And I gave it to my dad. I'm like, bon appetit. (laughs) He was like, this is a big cheese log. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. It's a real hot mess over here, but uh, my dad's not going to be able to go to the bathroom for a week. Dude, I have been, you were talking about earlier, you were talking about the, uh, the low carb wraps and the, and the street taco wraps. I found wheat baked tostada shells and I can't remember who it is that makes them right off the top of my head, but I found them at Publix and I have been obsessed with those and I've been making tostadas with low fat refried beans, um, low fat, uh, old El Paso taco sauce. And they make old El Paso light uh, queso as well. I love queso. So I've thrown that all together with some uh, with some really light just Mexican blend cheese on top. I, every day lunch, I'm like, oh, oh, there it is. I'm just like, it's so exciting because it's. Uh, I'm a big flavor profile guy when it comes to that. So when I meal prep, I'll usually do it in two or three different ways. I'll smoke some meat, I'll grill some meat, I'll bake some meat, you know, it kind of depends. I do it that way just to kind of mix it up because I'll get flavor fatigue pretty quick. So to keep from doing that, I just have different, you know, I'll smoke some chicken thighs, but I'll bake some chicken breast and then I'll do, you know, different kinds of just different ways of doing stuff just to kind of mix it up. But those, I've been stuck on those now for like a week solid, but I was like, what are we, are you switching anything up? And I'm like, nope. (laughs) <laughs> like tostada it is i'm like ah because they're just it's so good i guess i missed like the crunch of all that so it just it's been amazing i love meat i will just put a ton of meat on the grill and just like have a bunch of meat cooked up because when i'm hungry that's what i'm going for is meat and then i'll be like 
you know, I'll throw, that's like the basis of every meal of mine is the meat mm-hmm. because I just, I love meat and cheese and like, then I'll worry about whatever else is coming with it. But yeah, I've got, I, I think I've got six boxes of turkey burger patties in my freezer right now because I just go out there and I dish, I dish them like damn playing cards on the grill. I'm just like, because <laughs> I do, I'll grab what I'll heat it up. I'll grab one. And that takes me to like my lunch or whatever to eat my 45 minute lunch to eat the one turkey burger patty and then I'm, I'm good for the until after I get off work so mm-hmm. well and I think too you know by by looking for efficient ways to to meal prep right so if you know that you've got some recipes coming up this weekend that's going to involve chicken or ground beef or whatever your meat your 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 meat choices or your protein sources to know that you can kind of meal prep it in stages so that it's not something that's so overwhelming when you when it's time to cook. So instead of spending an hour or two hours in the kitchen, you can do 30 minutes here, 20 minutes there. And before you know it, you have all of the components that you need for healthy eating all week long. Yeah. I think too, if I know that I'm going to make something creamy and I want to make something creamy, I'll think, you know, I want to keep, I want to have some light Greek yogurt on hand and use that as a substitute instead of, you know, some of these other creamier recipes want to call for just straight half and half or call for just straight regular sour cream. Um, So that's another really good swap that I'll use. Um, Another swap that I will use sometimes instead of butter, which I'm on the fence sometimes about this, is you can actually use unsweetened applesauce, or that's the ones instead of oil, instead Mm -hmm. of straight oil. But sometimes oil is not awful, like if you wanna use extra virgin olive oil, Um, But if you are wanting, there's like so many good swaps that I can just make. I'll tend to use the oil if it's a little bit less, um, lesser of an amount. I always, I love the Neufchatel cream cheese. You will see that that's like a huge thing that I use. It has a little bit more protein and a little bit less fat um, than regular cream cheese. I have that on hand, always five or six blocks. Um, I use cheese in moderation. Like I'll use, you know, I feel like too, if I'm using a cup of cheese and something that's going to feed eight people, that's only two tablespoons per person. So, um, it's not like a huge amount. I know like my, um, one of my best friends, he's always like, you eat so much cheese. And I'm like, nobody asked you. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's actually my ex, like he's one of my best friends, but I'm like, nobody asked you. He's always like, I'm like, my triglycerides are 80. I'm like, so you don't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. But I always That's tell people, why. yeah, I always tell people, you know, like I always tell people too. And I posted about this the other day. I never want anyone to think that I'm trying to take the place of a dietitian, like sharing my recipes. And right. I never want anyone to think, um, you know, that I'm trying to, because I'm not like, I'm not a dietitian. I'm just sharing what worked for me and healthy family friendly recipes that are easy to, you know, they work really great in conjunction with a meal plan. They're not a meal plan. That's why I don't ever put calories or macros on mine because I don't count those. I just eat mindfully and intuitively and listen to my body because that has, that is what has worked for me because I have such a long history of very disordered eating. And I knew that if I continued to track every little thing that I would get so obsessed with it and get back on that track that I was on in high school. And it led me to a very dangerous 
situation in which I regained all of it plus more. So, right. And I think so many people struggle with that. I mean, people struggle with tracking in general for, you know, just the most basic of reasons. But then when you know that you, that that tracking would cause you to go down a road that's not healthy for you. Yeah. You really do have to find this, this land of balance between I'm only going to eat things that are approved on my plan or that I know are bariatric friendly, but I need to eat them in moderation. Uh, and that can be a tricky, that, that, that can be a tricky uh, place to find for some people, but to know that it's possible and clearly you're doing it, you've found great success and you've maintained your weight for a very long time by, by, by using, you know, the, the tools and tips that you shared with us today. I think it gives a lot of hope to people to know that, you know, they don't have to do, they don't have to do this a certain way that they can really look in the community. They can see everybody else's weight loss surgery, success recipes, and you can pull pieces from everybody's recipe to create your own. Cause that's really, I mean, that's, that's all that you're doing here. That's what we're all trying to do. We're all trying to see, okay, how is everybody doing this? What, what makes sense for me or what calls to me or what, what seems like it would be a good fit. And then you have to try it and, and make tweaks as you go, because I'm sure you know, I was just thinking about this, you know, I, I can pick any one of these recipes and make it make it one time. But probably in the process of me following your recipe, my brain's sparking and it's going, oh, you could add this or you could substitute this or, oh, you remember seeing this product at the grocery store. Right. And you could try that. So you know, getting curious usually leads to more curiosity, which leads to more growth and more more learning. But we have to start somewhere. If we just say all food is bad, or I'm only sticking with meat, and that's all that I'm doing, we're really limiting ourselves in our growth and in our nutrition. We really do have to kind of step outside of, of, of a place that maybe we're scared in when it comes to food, and and start in a safe place, and then work our way work our way from there. But we have to start somewhere. We can't just rely on prepackaged foods, or we can't just rely on meat or you know a few items. We we need to kind of eat the rainbow to to live long, healthy, sustainable lives. Uh, and your recipes really incorporate all of those things beautifully into these very simple yet delicious looking <laughs> meals. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. So if somebody is just trying to really rekindle their relationship with food, right? So let's say somebody's listening to this episode and they go, oh, okay, fine. I'm going to attempt to eat outside of, of my comfort zone. Where do you recommend they start? Start with the proteins that you like. So pick a couple proteins that you like and go to the store. I have a couple, I have a blog post called mindful and intuitive eating. I don't recommend that they start with mindful and intuitive eating if they want to track or anything, but on that blog post, there's a list of proteins and there's a list of like my favorite carb sources. And it's just a nice little list that they can go to. And, um, it has like a list of really good lean protein sources and pick just a few proteins that you like and just prepare those and start and base your meals around those. And just, I always say protein is like the building block that's going to keep you full. It's going to keep you full the longest and just prepare your protein, but don't, don't survive solely on protein. I, I have probably 60% of my plate as protein, 20% of my plate is vegetable, 20% of my plate is carb, but I do have 60% of my plate as protein because it keeps me fullest longest. Mm -hmm. And fat is not bad. 
I always say too, fat is not bad. You need fat to stay full and you need fat to survive and you need carbs for your brain. So it is really all about moderation. Yes. Also, if you have a bad day, don't give up and don't stop. Even if you have a bad week, um, I've had a bad month before and there's, it's never, ever, ever too late to, to start on your journey or to get back on track. That's so key. And you really spoke to this early or I'm, yeah. When you said, you know, I was on a, I was on a long stall. And when you, when you get to that place, you just kind of have to mix things up a little bit and sometimes mixing up what you're eating, mixing up your, your movement, mixing up your mindset, just allowing your brain to kind of think in areas that you weren't before is all that's needed to really kind of kickstart something new and to get you moving in a direction that's, that's going to help you break that stall or help you move past, you know, whatever roadblock happens to be in your way. Uh, it's, it's really kind of key to, to, to finding success and to just be okay with trying something new, give it a whirl. If you're just starting, start small. You don't have to meal prep for seven days. You don't have to meal prep for three days, meal prep, just your lunch for tomorrow, start small and just see how you like it. It's, it really is so nice. I love having my meals prepared for you know, a day for the next day of work. I love having meat prepared in the fridge for when I'm hungry. Like for today for lunch, I had turkey hot dogs and a piece of turkey bacon that was already heated up. I popped it in the microwave and that was lunch. I didn't even have to think about it. Um, So start small, small little changes can like completely catapult into big results. Well, and that's what, you know, one of the things that you had said that, you know, with the the carbs, you need carbs for your brain, fat's not bad. Those... (laughs) That was actually the the last conversation I had with my dietitian because I was at a stall when I went back to her office and she was just like, well, what are you doing? Break it down. And I'm like, well, there's meat and then there's meat and there's a little more meat and then there's some water in there. But then after that, there's meat. And then she's like, well, what else are you doing? I was like, meat stuff, you know, meat stuff. And she's like, well, you need these other things to break. You know, that's why you're in a stall. Your body's not your body's only going to react to this for so long, then you have to mix it up. You have to throw that stuff in there. And I'm like, well, man, I guess I could give it a shot. <laughs> and the next thing you know, it's like over the past, you know, the next couple of days, I lose like nine pounds. And I'm like, hey, look at there. It's so true. For the first year, my dietitian yelled at me and said like, you are not eating enough carbs. You're in ketosis for a year. And I was like, I'm too scared. And she was like, right. you need to eat corn and bread and like, give it a try and like, boom, like 12 pounds. And I was like, this makes no sense. But I was like, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, I, did, I mean, I'm over here like, I'm like, no, with the carbs, no, with the fat. And then finally I did. I'm just like, oh, oh okay. Hey, this is cool. Well, it, it doesn't make sense because we, we've never actually thought rationally about food. We've never yeah. actually understood what the role of food plays in our, in our you know, physi- physiological functioning or our, in our brain health. Food was just literally the tool that we used to get through difficult times in life, right? Or it was, it was what we, it, was, it, was, it wasn't really nutrition. It was just the thing. And now all of a sudden after surgery, not only are you confronting this unhealthy relationship that that you've probably had with food, but then you realize, oh, I don't actually know what food is. And I don't actually know what it does. And I don't know how to prepare it. 
because I, that wasn't even on my radar. That's not what food was before surgery. So, you know, when, when you were talking about kind of the anxiety that comes around food, I think that all of that is really tied into that. And for us to find lasting long-term success, we, we, we need to recreate our relationship with food. We need to understand its purpose. We need to understand kind of the magic and the chemistry that can be behind it. And we need to learn how to bring all of all of the parts of food that we need to survive together uh, in, in a very nice little package for us. And clearly it's possible because you have a whole website dedicated to that. <laughs> oh my goodness. This has just been amazing. We cannot thank you enough for, for sharing with us your tips and tricks on how we can turn all of our old favorites uh, into bariatric friendly ones. And I know that you say it all the time on Instagram and on your website, but you wanna be a resource for this community. So if somebody has kind of an old faithful recipe that they would like to turn into a bariatric friendly one, they can reach out to you and you will help them tweak it. Yes, and then I, I'll share it with, with everyone because it's probably, yeah, I. I'm always looking for ideas to share with everyone because always, I'm always looking for, so yeah, send me any ideas that anyone has. Oh, I cannot wait. I, I have, I have a few that I have on the top of my brain and I'm very excited to send them to you because, you know, like I said, food, food is our connection to family. And if I can find a way to make my great grandmother's recipe or my grandfather's recipe, but in a bariatric friendly way, that's a win-win. I get to reconnect with, with my past and I get to eat something that's nutritious. So very excited about that. <laughs> I'm always looking for new ideas. Cause sometimes I get like, you know, what am I going to make next? Like I'm always, mm -hmm. I feel like I'm always like, making like Mexican dishes. I don't know why I'm always like gravitating towards like ground beef with like cheese. And I'm like, I need something different. So we can definitely help you spice it. Yeah, <laughs> we can definitely help you spice it up. Perfect. <laughs> Wonderful. So before we go, is there anything that you want our listeners or our followers uh, to know? Is there any like bit of wisdom or a favorite quote? Um, you know, is there anything that you want to tell somebody who's either thinking about going through the weight loss surgery process or, or is on the other side? I always tell everyone, this is the best decision that I've ever made in my entire life. It has not been easy. I had some complications after surgery, um, but I would do it again a million times over. I've never regretted it one time. The first month I was, you know, like, what did I do? <laughs> <laughs> it's the most amazing thing ever. And um, I shared with you guys earlier, I remember right before surgery, I was like, I'm going to get this done. I'm going to get a tummy tuck, get my boobs done, get all the stuff tucked and lifted. I look in the mirror every day with my saggy skin, my wrinkles, my post-op wound infection site, and I've never been more in love with my body. I don't know why it's wrinkled. It's all sorts of everything, but it is like all of my excess skin, everything is proof that I've kept it off every day. Like, it's just the most amazing thing ever. I've grown as a person, I've grown in this community and it's just, it is a whole new life and a whole new shot at life. And it's, it's just, I'm like forever grateful for this community and just this whole new life. It's, it's amazing. When you said that earlier about your skin, I, that was a real aha moment for me. I, I've been looking in the mirror and 
getting down on myself for how I look without clothes on. And I, my brain's kind of been going to, oh, maybe you do need plastic surgery. Maybe you need a, a boob lift, or maybe you need to take care of, you know, things that are happening. But you are so right. When I look at, when I look at what myself, I see progress. I see determination. I see evidence that I have done something huge and positive for myself. I, I need to stop looking at myself as a, oh, you know, woe is you look at, look at, look at this. It's not, this is a physical manifestation of what I have been able to accomplish with the tool of weight loss surgery. And there's nothing to be ashamed of. There's nothing to be worried about. This is, this is a good thing. This isn't a bad thing. This is a, this is something to be celebrated. And that's a mind set and a mind shift that I have the power to make, but I would have never, I would have never, ever known that unless you had said that publicly. And I also always look back at the pictures of me before. And I always think like that girl in the before picture was the hero. Like she was the one who decided to make that change. And she was the one who for 28 years carried around a morbidly obese body. Like those legs were so strong. And that's why I look at these legs today. And I'm like, you know, they have cellulite, they have dimples, they have broken varicose veins because of all the weight that they have carried around and they are beautiful and they are like so deserving of love. So I'm like, I'm going to stuff them in my expensive tennis shoes that run the floors at work. And I'm going to, I'm going to honor them. So that's why like, I have grown so much in that aspect. And I'm like, I'm not going to put this body through any more surgery. I'm just going to love it in the exact form that it is. And that's such an amazing outlook as well, because we talk to countless, you know, women and we see countless women on Instagram that go through that. And, and some men, it's, it, I feel like it's, it's a little bit less on the men's side than the female side of it. I know eventually when I get down there, I'm going to be battling some of the same stuff. I've lost 164 pounds already. Haven't had to deal with a lot of loose skin so far, um, just kind of because of my build type. Mm -hmm. But I, I kind of look at it like, almost the same way that you do now that I've talked to you about it. I don't really know that I'll ever reach a point that I will do anything about it unless it gets to be a hazard, like a health hazard, then of course I'll do something. But if it's not, I don't know that I'll, I don't know that I'll do anything about it either. And I, and I thank you for that outlook on that. Cause I don't know that I would have reached that outlook without hearing you said. I know there's a lot of people in our community that have had, um, you know, plastic surgery. And I know a lot of them, it interfered with their daily life. And, and I'm very blessed that it has not interfered with my daily life. I'm able to jog and I'm able to perform daily tasks and, and do things where I don't get rashes or anything like that. And so the people that have gone through plastic surgery, they're so brave to do it because oh, I would yeah. be so scared. I'd be much more scared for that than I would bariatric surgery, but I am just, I'm going to embrace all my, all my skin. We I'm, love it. I'm just going to embrace it. We are here to support you the entire step <laughs> of your journey.
Thank you. Oh my gosh, Maddie, we cannot, th- again, we cannot thank you enough for joining us. Your, your insights and your wisdom and, and your, your honesty is so appreciated by us. It's appreciated by everybody in this community. We know, we know how much of an influence you make on people's lives. And we just thank you for continuing to be that ray of light, that, that source of hope, that place of inspiration, uh, because everybody needs it every now and then. And it takes a lot of energy and a lot of effort to create what you have created. Uh, so we we applaud you and we thank you for that and thank you guys so much this has just been the absolute best monday the best way to so, start woo-hoo, we're so glad that we're so glad that, that, that we could we could be a part of it with you so please do follow maddie on instagram her page is phenomenal you can find her at maddie m-a-d-d-i-e 5088 And you can also visit her on her amazing website, which is foodfitnessandbeauty.com, all one word. And the recipes, you guys, are amazing. And we didn't even get into the other stuff that that she enjoys talking about on that website, which is beauty and fashion, which she is also an expert in. So if you're looking for anything in those three categories, we highly recommend that you check out her website. (laughs) Just amazing. All right, Jason, you want to take us out? Yes, ma'am. Maddie, once again, thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts for being here. You've been an amazing, amazing guest. We, we couldn't think of a better way to start our Monday either, so we appreciate that. Um, everybody that's been uh, supporting us since, you know, for, for forever, uh, liking the show, sharing the show, helping us spread the word. Uh, we can't thank you guys enough. The support is, is well appreciated. We're going to keep doing what we're doing because you guys are allowing us to do that. And we can't thank you guys enough as well. And at the end of all of this, just remember that you've got this and we've got you and we'll see you next time. Awesome. Thank you so much, you guys. See you Bye-bye. soon. Bye-bye.